0: Philippians 4 and look at John 4 in our continuing series in A through Z, we're talking about emotions today and we're talking about eternal life next Sunday. We talked about the economy last week and what a tremendous response again to the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God. In John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, Jesus is addressing the woman at the well. And in that discourse, he said something to her that is indeed important to all of us in this present hour. The water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Something from within, remember that. And then in Philippians, the fourth chapter, Jesus talks about peace. And notice as Paul relates the power of Christ in the area of peace, he said that the peace of God surpasses it goes beyond all understanding. And that peace will guard not only your heart, but what? Your mind through Christ Jesus. I was reading an article this week by a Dominican priest where a line caught my eye from the pen of that priest. This is what he said, For many of us who went every week to the sacrament of penance, there came a point when we found that we kept on repeating pretty much the same thing. Over and over we tried, again and again we failed. End of quote. The inner feelings and emotions did not find a healing solution through penance. Why is it that we suffer emotionally? Well, there are several reasons why I believe we suffer emotionally. One is that we're a part of a human situation and you're not going to change that. We are subject to tensions and pressures in this world that lead to frustrations, and it affects us emotionally. Secondly, there are social changes that are going on that are more rapid today than at any time in the history of our country. Some of you here remember the horse and buggy days. It wasn't all that far back. Am I talking to any friends here today? Sure. You remember those days, but now you are watching on television men walking on the moon. Now, that's a long way from the horse and buggy, isn't it? But that is emblematic of the social changes that are occurring in our time. There are technological changes that just boggle the mind. There are social changes, such as more and more women assuming economic responsibility. It seems to be a part of the changing time in which we live and as a result, there has come a breakdown in the American family and a lack of understanding about marriage expectations. And there are frustrations and emotional upheavals On that level beyond anything I could take time to describe. There are economic changes. I I just absolutely chuckle at the media trying to paint these days so bad in the United States of America. I was in a meeting this week of representatives of other parts of the world who talked about 4,000% inflation they said, you, you, are, you are in a panacea here in America. Only 7.5% unemployment in Sacramento County? And the media is saying how terrible the economy is and how rotten the president has done. They don't even understand that. We need to look at it from a global perspective and you would see immediately the blessings that we are enjoying in this country right now. But there are economic changes coming that are impossible to totally describe. I talked to David Eichmann, the senior correspondent with Time Magazine this week. And he said as he travels this globe, it's just unbelievable the economic changes that are on the horizon, political changes everywhere in our world. These are contributing factors to the emotional suffering of a lot of people. There is a third one that I want to just touch on before I give you two salient points in my outline. And that is directed particularly to members of the church who attempt to live up to New Testament pattern by the strength of human will. I'm meeting them constantly. And it goes back to the Dominican priest who said, the cure of some of our failings did not depend altogether upon our willpower. You see, what he was saying was willpower and discipline are important components of the Christian life, but they are not enough. That's the weakness of the confessional booth. That's why they have to keep coming back, because human will and discipline are not enough. And that's what these texts are telling us today today. Jesus said, out of your innermost being there must flow a river of living water without the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. All of your self-will and all of your discipline is woefully inadequate to meet the challenges of life. That's why we come here today, to get refueled and refired. But I want to say to you again, ladies and gentlemen, that you can read the Ten Commandments every day and you can say, I'm going to keep them. But unless you have the Holy Spirit dynamically at work in you, you will woefully fail. And that brings emotional stress that's causing many of you not only spiritual lapse, but physical difficulty. So it is to that which I wish now to direct the two points that I think surround these verses we've read. First of all, the gift of God's power. I want to talk about that for a few minutes with you today. It is the first gift that God extends to us after our conversion to Jesus Christ. There are two verses that I want to have you just mark down. Don't look them up necessarily. I'll quote them to you. You'll miss perhaps the point if you spend time looking for them. They're very common to our understanding. One of them is John 1, verse 12, where John said, As many as received Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That word power means privilege and authority in the Greek language. To them he gave privilege and authority to become the children of God. It's the Greek exousia. And it's a powerful word. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become. It's a progression to become the sons of God. The other is Romans 16, where Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power or the dunamis in the Greek language, the dunamis of God unto salvation. Not only are we given the right to become God's child, but we are given access to Christ's creative power enabling us in everyday living, to literally become a son of God. And that, to me, is where we're failing. God has not sentenced us to nervous breakdowns and emotional disorders, friends. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what he said. Now, why is it that so many who come to church on Sunday barely can make it because of the emotional disorder and stress of their life? It is because we are not walking in the dunamis or the power of Jesus Christ's salvation. If we have received the right to be God's child, let us also receive the power for enablement. It's ours for the taking. Now, where does the responsibility lie? The responsibility does not lie with God, it lies with us. You and me, we cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit in the flesh. Notice the word power to become, the necessity of faith and trust. Every day to put yourself in the hands of God and walk by faith and not by sight. Let me try to illustrate that for you. I hope it's never happened to you, but I'm sure it has happened to people because I have observed them. A motorist at a light at a busy intersection. You got the picture? Sitting behind the wheel of a car at a busy intersection. The light is red and suddenly the light turns to green when the engine sputters and dies because it's out of gas. What a Predicament. Have you ever seen anybody in that spot? Suddenly everybody's horn goes off. It's almost automatic. It sets off every horn behind that poor soul. The green light, now get this, listen to me, the green light gives him the right to go through the intersection, but his dead engine refuses him the ability. And he's had to get out of the car with perhaps a help, the help of another one or two motorists and push the thing through the intersection. And that's kind of sad when you realize how many horses there are under that hood that are sitting there dormant, dead, because the engine doesn't have any fuel. Now, I'm sure that wouldn't happen to any of you here because you watch those gauges very, very carefully, right? Just like my wife doesn't. That's a joke between she and me, because she hardly knows there's a gauge in that car. (laughs) But as long as it's going, no worry, no problem, not at all. I have to get into her car periodically and drive it around the block just to see if there are any strange noises or anything going on with it, just to make sure it's okay. Because she would not know. And and that's just the way it works in life with people who are non-mechanical. And don't realize sometimes that if you don't keep the gas in there, you're going to be in a desperate spot. Now apply that spiritually. Spiritually. Today, we look at the gauge of our spiritual life. How is yours looking? Say, well, it's on empty. Well, how are you going to get through the intersection? To them gave he the power to become the sons of God. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. And yet we kind of crawl out of church and crawl through the week, barely making it through the intersections of life. The ability to live the Christian life resides in the Holy Spirit. And we need to open up today to the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead that we might have the fuel necessary to propel us through the days ahead. If you believe that, you can say amen. It's all right. Now, the second thing is I need to talk to you about the surety or the certainty of conflict. In John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman that was talking to Jesus could not cope with life until she met Jesus and received living water she had been married 5 times and the woman she was or the man she was living with was not her husband Jesus revealed that to her by the word of knowledge she was just down and about out when she met this unique stranger at that well. And he told her everything that she had ever done. And he said to her, I want to give you living water. And if you will take it, you will never thirst again. And she took a drink and ran into the village to tell everybody about this new friend and invited them to come and meet him and hear him because he knew everything. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always in Philippians 4, and he wrote that from a jail cell. He wrote that from conflict. He wrote that from trouble. So it's not that you're going to get away from trouble or conflict. It's going to be with us until Jesus comes. But the point is that he gives us the power to get through it. Not fleshly power, but Holy Ghost power. Spiritual resources to get through it. As you know, I enjoy playing golf And on every golf ball I have ever used, there are dimples. And I wondered about the dimples on golf balls. You know how those dimples got on those golf balls? Measles. No, not really. Let me tell you how dimples were projected to be important to golf balls. When they first made golf balls, they made them smooth, no dimples, actually smooth cover. A certain young man who was having severe financial difficulties loved to play golf, but he couldn't afford to buy new balls. He did not let that fact detour him. He just kept using the same old ball and beat it up good. And one day, playing with Some friends who had new, smooth, shiny golf balls, they kept noticing that his old beat-up golf ball went farther and straighter than theirs did, and they couldn't figure it out. Hence, the discovery of the importance of dimples in a golf ball. That's the truth. Pete's golf ball got a lot more distance and went straighter than their new smooth balls. Today, every golf ball manufactured has dimples all over the cover. With these rough spots, that's what they really are. They are rough spots. The ball goes farther and the ball goes straighter. Now, in that, friends, is a tremendous lesson for life. One we see with the Samaritan woman, one we see with Paul the Apostle riding from a prison. Sure, there will be conflict. Sure, there will be stress. Sure, there will be difficulty. But with it, God gives the power to become. God gives the power to become. Today's philosophy is sort of wrapped up in the song that became popular and sold millions of copies a few years ago. It was simply, don't worry, be happy. That's sort of today's philosophy. Eat, drink, because tomorrow we die. But you have to have more than a slogan to live these days. You really do. No wonder we live in a day of anxiety. Books on stress are filling the shelves, saying stress kills, and this is the century of fear, somebody else declares. No wonder Paul wrote, don't worry about anything, and be full of joy in the Lord. And again I say it to you, rejoice in the Lord. The key is in the Lord. Today's philosophy of don't worry, be happy, just doesn't fly well. Unless you put in it the power of God, the ability of God to anoint us and to quicken us and to walk with us and to sustain us and to strengthen us. The importance of staying close to Him in prayer and in the Word of God and in the fellowship of believers Joseph Scriven's song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, has in that first verse, this line, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Somewhere between our sins and our physical ailments lies that part of our lives where we find many of our real feelings as human beings. Many of our emotional stresses and breakdowns. Some of you would be helped by simply repenting of sin, coming to the Lord in repentance, and truly laying your burden at His feet. Others may need deliverance the prayers of the elders, the laying on of hands. I do believe in many cases that would be valuable if we would just come and say, I need deliverance, I'm overwhelmed with stress and emotion. But in other cases, and I think maybe this may be the majority of cases, it may be just knowledge that we need. My people perish for lack of knowledge, the Lord said. And what is that knowledge? It's the knowledge of the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis Be it hell or high water, that he has the power, he has the ability to lift us above the problems and the stresses of life and help us to cope. Just a slogan will not do it. It's going to take a personal relationship with him on a daily basis. You may want to look at Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 from the version that you have in your hand. I want to read it to you from another version. Ephesians 4, through 24. Here's what Paul said. You must give up your old way of life. You must put aside your old self, which gets corrupted by following illusory desires. Your mind must be renewed by a spiritual revolution so that you can put on the new self that has been created in God's way in the goodness and holiness of the truth. Try to digest those words. You must give up your old way of life. You must put aside your old self which gets corrupted by following illusory desires. We fight the world's philosophies with the word of God and our faith. To them he gave the power, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's God that gives the victory. It's God that anoints. It's God that quickens. The living water comes from within, and it's like a well that has no ending, that has no exhausting factor. As I was preparing and praying over this message, the word that kept coming to me from God was the word relax. Relax. Let God. We complain rather than trust. We talk too much. Thank you. I loved the sign under a mounted fish I saw. It said, if I had kept my mouth shut, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> we complain rather than trust. I was out at the golf course the other day, and riding in a cart around the path, I noticed that the uh, blacktop on the cart path was... Buckled and there were ridges, just a whole bunch of them, and I, I looked to my left, and there was this huge, huge old tree there. And it suddenly occurred to me that the roots of that huge tree ran underneath that path. They put the path in the wrong place. And those roots were absolutely destroying the blacktop of that cart path. But then I got to thinking a little bit further about those roots running in all directions. If that tree had only one root, that tree probably wouldn't even be there today. You know, trees with only one root can be easily destroyed in a storm. God's resources are like a tree with many roots. They run in every direction. They run through the family. They run through your job. They run through the schoolroom. They run through every aspect of your life in every direction. And what do they spell? Stability. Even when the wind is blowing, many roots mean you will be able to stand. So the Lord said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Many roots. Get to God's house often. Get to God's house regularly. Many roots. Pray regularly. Read the Bible daily. Trust. Relax. Stop complaining about your lot and your place and Trust in Jesus. He gave us Jesus. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gives us power every day. Stop, look, and listen. And your emotional upheaval will calm down and you will find that living water within that brings you satisfaction and assurance. As you know by now, I don't get to a store very often, but back in the holiday season when I had to go, there were many, many people pushing through the store when I heard this horrible wailing and crying, and I looked down and saw a little lad standing in the midst of this commotion, just bubbling out with frustration and tears and wailing. My grandfather heart just melted. I saw this little kid terribly distressed and nobody near helping him. So I went over to him and knelt down. It's always good to get down, look him in the eye. You know, all he was seeing was kneecaps everywhere. Couldn't see a face. I got down in front of him and I said, Hey, buddy, what's the matter? I, I lost my body. Oh, I said, I'm sure she's around here somewhere. And I put my arms around him, and he just buried his head on my suit and just messed it up. (laughs) And I just pulled him to myself and stood up with him in my arms. And I said, now listen, guy, she's going to come. We're just going to hang on here. Your mommy will be back. And you know, he stopped his wailing and he stopped his crying and we just had a nice little visit while we stood there in that store waiting for a familiar face. And suddenly there it was. And when he saw her He didn't need me anymore. He was so happy. You know what happens when we don't get in a position to view the Father? Tears, anguish, emotional stress and turmoil. Pills, medicines, counseling, agony. But when we're in the position to see the Father's face and to feel His arms around us, you know what you've got? Peace. Peace. As that little guy ran away, my face, I'm sure, showed brightly the joy of having a little part in getting that little guy away from a very stressful emotional situation. But more so, I have an opportunity here today to say to you, if you'll just get in view of the Father, the stresses you're facing, the emotions you're feeling that are disrupting the course of your life will find an avenue of release. Rejoice in the Lord. His peace is something the world cannot give you. He said, along with salvation, I will give you the power, the inner resources. I will let there be a river of living water in you springing up. everlasting life. Now it's up to you to reach out and take it. It's up to you to grasp it. you have to do something, and that's stay into proximity with Him. Will you do it today? If you've never received Christ, receive Him now. If you have received Him, walk in the power of His fellowship. He's not away from you. He's with you, and he wants to let his glory shine through you. He wants to give you the peace and the calm that he alone can give. Let's bow our heads in prayer. And as we do, for my benefit, and I believe for yours as well, let me ask as we bow our heads and close our eyes, Nobody leaving. Please just hold steady until we are finished. It will help us a lot without the movement. If you are here in this service, you've heard the message, and you're one of those who in this time of change economically and socially and in so many ways have felt the stress of emotion. You may even be on medication for it now. You may be under somebody's care. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying there's a better way. And that's to find the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that he promised for you on a daily basis. I want you to raise your hand and say, yes, pastor, that's me. And I need God's help today. And I not afraid, I'm not ashamed to raise my hand and just by that request prayer. Would you do it? Lift it up wherever you are in this audience, yes. And there are hands going up all over this building. People are saying, yes, that's me. That's me. And I hope, I hope that while I'm even speaking to you, you're feeling the peace of God settling down over your heart. That's what I've prayed for. Father, in the name of Jesus, there are people here who are on the verge of making bad decisions because they've been emotionally stressed out. There are people here who are having a difficult time sharing their faith with another because it is not very apparent that it's meaning a great deal to them. Oh God, I pray that a miracle will happen in this moment together before your throne. Give them power, supernatural power, God's Holy Spirit working in them even now. And may they find that life that is beautiful and good, living above the stress levels of this world, who have their slogans but don't have you. Oh, God, may we walk in strength and in power as a people who have been touched by your hand. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together as Pastor Randy leads us in this old, old song that I believe Sums up what it is we're dealing with today. Something beautiful. Something good. Sing it with me and just trust Him.
1: Something beautiful. Hallelujah. Something good. All oh, my confusion, He understood. All oh, my Hallelujah. confusion. All I had to offer him was brokenness brokenness and strife, strife, but he made something beautiful beautiful out of my life. Now, before
0: we sing it again, I want to ask those of you who just need to have him make something beautiful out of your life. It's kind of been disrupted and disjointed, out of shape and color. And maybe you've never met Jesus Christ personally. I'd like you to step out and come to this altar. Those of you raised your hand, going through emotional stress. If you would like to join us here at this altar, I would encourage you to come because he's going to make something beautiful and something wonderful out of your life. He can do it with a step of faith on your part. You just step out and come as we sing it again from all over the auditorium.
1: Something beautiful. Something good. Yes. Something good. Praise his holy name. Oh. My
0: pray with these as we sing it again.
1: Something beautiful, something good. Do you believe he can do it? I believe he can. Oh my.
0: Father, let it happen. Let it happen as a token of your love and of your grace at work in us all over this auditorium. Lift us above, we pray, the flood tide of human emotion and let us walk with your face in view, knowing that you're going to carry us through. Hallelujah! 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 I pray it in the name of Jesus. Our blessed Lord. And everybody said, Amen.